And uh, if my dad is able to be watching, these two verses of Scripture are his two favorite verses in the Bible. And I remember growing up as a, kid, as a little kid and, and dad on occasion sharing that these were his favorite verses of Scripture. Amen. And they certainly do apply in the time and day in which we're living. Isaiah 43, verse 1, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Aren't you thankful today? <laughs> Amen. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. What a promise we have this morning to hold on to. A promise that no matter what may be going on around us, no matter what the circumstances or the situation is, we have the promise this morning that we have a God who is going to see us through every single situation. Amen. As heightened as the concern may be, none of which will ever go beyond what God is able to protect us from. This morning, for just a few moments, simply, I want to use the title of the song that they just sang, and that would be, Not Afraid. Can we, can we worship him one more time? God, we thank you this morning. We're so grateful, God, for your sweet spirit, not just that we feel, but God, that dwells within us today, that assures our hearts and our minds that, God, you have not and nor will you ever leave us nor forsake us. And, Lord, we put our confidence in you right now, knowing, God, that you are going to see us through. And for that, oh, God, we are grateful. And we give you honor and we give you praise today. In Jesus' name, could you right now just put your hands together? Thank him this morning, amen, for his blessing today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated if you are standing, and if not, just remain seated. The Old Testament concept of protection is rooted in the idea that God is the only true refuge for his people. The righteous recognize that this reality and they flee to God for safety. And in turn, God shelters and he protects them. As David proclaimed in Psalms 7 and verse 10, he said, My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. He also said in Psalms 5 and 11, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Confidence in God's ability and his desire to protect those who love him 
is reflected in the language used in also to describe him as such a refuge, a shield, a rock, a fortress, and stronghold as the divine guardian of our lives. Additionally, God establishes a a hierarchy of protection that hangs on the very idea of each individual loving one's neighbor. Leviticus 19 and verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Amen. This very model of protection is continued even into the New Testament with some uh, what of a theological expansion. The protective roles of the people of God are made explicit in John chapter 10 and verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave me them is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I'm thankful today amen for the divine protection that we have from God. Amen. The principle here is established that God is our protector. Amen. And I think this morning that the concept of of that very truth is even more understood when we realize how much that we are not able to provide that protection for ourselves. It's like when we realize that we cannot be we cannot save ourselves. Amen. When we realize that the we further understand our definite need for a savior. Amen. Praise God. David When he was fleeing from Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 20, David, the Bible says, fled from Naoth in Ramah and and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? What is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said to him, God forbid thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small. And in verse 3, David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I found grace in thine eyes. Amen. He has said, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, this is David speaking of his reality, truly as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, David proclaimed, there is but a step between me and death. Those aren't realities that anybody would like to live within. Those are circumstances that everybody would like to avoid. But at that moment, David was not sure whether he would make it or not. But you and I today, we have the advantage because we know how the story ends. We are able this morning to encourage David because we know that he is going to survive. Amen. Saul's hatred towards him. Amen. But David declared... 
over and over in Psalms 40 and verse 1. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my heart, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. Skipping down to verse 12. Amen. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities, he says, have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let me be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for reward of their shame that say to me, Aha, aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. And then verse 17, he says, But I am poor and I am needy. Anybody relate to that this morning? Can anybody relate to the point? I'm poor, I'm needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. I don't deserve this. I haven't earned this. Amen. But God, amen, the Almighty, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Amen. You and I this morning, we are his beloved. It was in David's later years that he made this statement. Amen. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. As we are living in these uncertain times, each of us, I believe, have felt the vulnerability of our own limitations to guarantee our own protection. This invisible enemy, as it has been called, amen, and with an extreme call to caution that has put us here today in this online format, and yet even then we are left to wonder whether it will be sufficient. With all the unknowns of this enemy, the opportunity for fear to creep in is obvious. But we stand here this morning as a declaration to say, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. Amen. Perfect love, the scripture says, cast out all fear. It is unprecedented days. It is days like no other. I was speaking uh, to an elderly gentleman the other day over the phone, and amen, he even referenced to the fact in the years of his life, he has never seen anything like it. Amen. Praise God. I, I don't stand here this morning as an expert. I, I, don't, I don't have many answers except for what I'm preaching to you today. I'm not afraid. 
And the reason I'm not afraid is not because I have a false arrogance or even that of a false confidence. But this morning, the, the whole purpose of the fact is uh, my confidence this morning is not, again, in our government officials or our health officials, although, again, I certainly pray for each of them. But our confidence this morning is in the one who controls all things. Amen. And the one who declared, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Amen. That, that can come in the form of, of many different things. Amen. There, it did not say that a weapon would not be formed, but it declares that whatever the weapon is, amen, that the enemy would want to form against you, whether it be a weapon that affects you spiritually, physically. Amen. The, the promise we have today is it will not prosper. It will not accomplish its own task. Hallelujah. Now I stand here this morning declaring and proclaiming and amen to have confidence in God and put faith in Him and those are obvious responses of course but even in the midst of these troubling times we have heard of reports of even God-fearing people. Amen. We had a pastor in Oklahoma this past week that had passed away due to the COVID-19 virus. He did have some underlying health issues, but I'm certain his church prayed for him, and yet he, amen, did not survive the virus. Some would say, well, that, that there completely throws out your 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 stance of, or your declaration of confidence. Can I tell you this morning, uh, amen, that my confidence in God uh, is just like the three Hebrew boys, uh, amen, where the Bible says uh, they had a decree against them uh, that if they would continue bowing uh, or they would they would continue not to bow against the uh, to the image uh, that the king had set up, uh, that they would be thrown into a fiery furnace. Uh, and when they looked at the king uh, and they said, "We are not careful to answer thee." We're not the number. We are not bowing, Amen. Because our God is able to deliver us. But they made a very bold statement, and they said, "But if not, Amen. Either way, we're putting our faith in God, Amen. Either way, let it be known, we're not bowing to a false image. This confidence we have is not just in this life only, but we put our faith and trust in God, Amen. To the very end. Hallelujah. In 1 Kings chapter 18, the Bible says in verse 21 that Elijah came unto the people and he said, he made this statement. Or he said, How long will you halt between two opinions? <clears throat> if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, who, who you, the 450, are, are worshiping, if he's God, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. It was just a few weeks ago that I stood on top of Mount Carmel where this took place. Amen. Where Elijah had issued this very challenge. And the challenge was very clear. Verse 24 he said, and call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. Now notice in the writing there, the word gods is lowercase, meaning they were all sorts of different gods. Amen. Particularly the God of Baal. 
He said, I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. That is in all caps because that is translated as the name Yahweh, which we talked about a few weeks ago. That was the covenant name in the Old Testament, which we find later on in the New Testament. Jesus is that covenantal name. And the God, he says, that answered by fire. Let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. We know the outcome of that story. We know today that that, what happened in that occasion was, uh, amen, that when they prayed to their God, that Baal did not answer. Matter of fact, Elijah, he went on to try to, he teased him. He said, well, maybe you need to yell a little louder because he's sleeping or, or he is busy. They went on and on and cut themselves and no fire came from heaven. But then Elijah, when it was his opportunity, he repaired the altar. He soaked it down with water. And then in the King, the King James Version, he prayed a 63-word prayer. Amen. And fire came down from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice. Friend, there is only one God to choose from. Amen. There may be multiple options of which cannot and will not come through for you in the end. But we call upon the one in which we have placed our confidence in, Jesus Christ. As Jonah was fleeing from the presence of God, Amen. On the ship towards going to Tarshish, the Bible tells us, uh, amen, the Lord sent out a great wind in the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. And the mariners were afraid and they cried every man unto his God and they cast forth the wares. They took the supplies, the, the stuff they had, the cargo, and they started throwing it overboard, amen, into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down in the sides of the ship and he lay and he was fast asleep. They began to cry out to every one of their gods. Amen. Whatever option they thought might be able to rescue them. But again, notice that word God is a lowercase g. It was not the almighty God. But when the shipmaster came to Jonah and he said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God. Capitalized. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Can I call the church? today that we ought to rise and call upon our God. I believe this morning that God will hear our prayers. I believe this morning that in this late hour, amen, as dark as it may be, it's going to be the brightest moment for the church because we've got the right God. He's our rescuer. Amen. He's our shield. Amen. He's our refuge. Hallelujah. It is this hour that we have been made for. This is our time to shine. Hallelujah. I, I, I read several reports this week, just this within this week, within the last six days, churches having to go to an online platform. Amen. One in particular in Texas, Brother Tuttle, amen, who preached at Youth Congress. They, they have had a revival service. Again, with technology, they were able to broadcast an evangelist from where they were 
and, the, and he would preach a message and then Brother Tuttle would come back on after that message and make an appeal for those who were repenting or who need to be baptized earlier in the week and I'm sure it's more by now but earlier, earlier in the week three people who had watched that broadcast whose families from that church had invited people over to their home to watch those services three people this is within the second day of, of this going on three people came from where they were come to the church after that service they were baptized in Jesus name and they were filled with the Holy Ghost hallelujah up in St. Louis in Bridgeton Brother Bachelor's Church, one day this week they were there. He and the staff was there at the church, and, and they, they heard somebody banging on the front door of the church. They didn't know what it was. They went out, and they found this young man. He was laying on the stairs of the church. When they went to talk to him, he said, You don't know. I, I, need, to, I need to repent. I need to get right with God. They began to pray with him. He said, we, I've come here this morning. I need you to baptize me. So they baptized him that day in the name of Jesus. It's a late hour, yes. It's a dark hour, yes. But it is the hour that we as the church, we need to shine. We need to shine brightly. Yeah. Hallelujah. While, our, while fear may grip the hearts of those around us, it is our place this morning. And it is our time to declare the goodness and the power of God. When thou passest, through the waters. God said, I'm going to be with you. When you go through those rivers, they're not going to overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, you're not going to be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Amen. If you're able, if you got somebody there with you, why don't you look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. It's not because I just casually take this pandemic and say, well, it's no big deal. I'm not afraid because my confidence is in the one who's in control. There may be a river I've got to go through, but I've got the promise it's not going to overflow me. There may be some fire that I have to endure, but I've got the promise that I'm not going to be burned. I've got the promise today that God's going to see me through. Amen. There are challenges that we as a church are having to face. But this is not a day for the church to close. I believe the church is going to thrive. Brother Raymond Woodward, his lesson on Wednesday night, the title was, The Church Has Left the Building. That is exactly what this church needs to do. Is we got to get outside these four walls, and we've got to make some personal contacts with people that are hungry, that are looking for answers, because you and I this morning, we have what they're needing, and we've got the answers to their questions. Hallelujah. So this morning, amen, I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. Amen. And I've, I've already requested to them that they sing that song once again. The song that declares, I have this confidence because. I've seen the faithfulness of God. Amen. The steel inside the storm, the promise of the shore. I trust the power of your word enough to seek your kingdom first. Beyond the barren place, 
beyond the ocean waves. You keep the promises that you make. There isn't one that is delayed. So I will not lose heart. Here I will lift my arms. I will start to sing into the night. My praise will call the sun to rise. Declare the battle won. Anybody there where you are this morning want to declare the battle is won? Amen. And I'm not just talking about the coronavirus pandemic. I'm talking about the battle of all battles, which is the battle in your soul. <laughs> that battle is won this morning. I encourage you as we sing one more time, amen, to lift up your voice, to lift up your heart, to lift up your hands, amen, and let's declare together, we are not afraid.